and welcome to Undercover Influencer. Guys, this week's episode is so good. I'm so excited for you guys to meet my friend, Michelle Wong. Michelle is an incredible actress and one of the most fun people that I know. I'm sure you're asking why I'm interviewing an actress on a podcast about people who do work behind the scenes. While Michelle has a thriving career in film and theater, we spend most of our time talking about her voiceover work. You may know Michelle's voice from movies like Abominable and video games like Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. Michelle and I also spend a little time discussing why it's important to stay curious about each part of the creative process and how you can find creative answers you are looking for in parts of the process that you think has little to do with you. If you're looking at pursuing the arts or if you have a child who is wondering if they can turn their creative drive into a career, this episode is for you. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Michelle Wong. Michelle, thank you so much for being with me today. Hello. This is the most intimidating interview I'm probably going to do because I'm just a guy from Alabama and it's your job to have an incredible voice. So. Oh, stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, I'm so excited that I get to talk to you today. You're such a well-rounded person and you aren't just an actress. You do, you do so many other things. Like the other day you were on your Instagram account doing sheetrock. Like who does that? You know, I don't even know how to do sheetrock. And I appreciate that. That's a that's a really sweet thing to say. Uh, thank you. Um, you're you'll giggle because this afternoon, probably right after I'm done with this, we're gonna pour a concrete countertop. So, we <laughs> <laughs> do you have the form made and everything? Is we it did. ready to go? Yep, we spent yesterday building the form. Um, we put silicon in all the edges. It's really pretty. Like it's we're ready to go. So we're gonna we're gonna mix concrete and we're gonna pour it and. And all that stuff and then let it cure and hopefully we'll have a brand new counter concrete countertop for our bathroom vanity. That's cool. I, I can't I'm sure you'll post a picture. I can't wait. I to will. See it. I will. I'll send it to you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up where you are? How did you get into acting? Huh, that's that's kind of a it's it's weird. It's kind of I don't know that there was really a direct pathway to me getting into acting. Um, I was always a very creative kid, um, but I loved everything. I, I was into sports. I played tons of sports. I really liked, you know, I thought maybe at one point I was going to be a teacher. I thought maybe at one point I was going to be a lawyer. I really liked science for a while. I, all of these things there, I didn't know that that was what I wanted to do until probably pre-college. I think pre-college when I went to Carnegie Mellon for, for pre-college, the summer before my senior year, I was doing acting classes you know, 24 seven, basically, you know, from first thing in the morning, when you get up till late, late at night, you're, you're in different kinds of acting classes. And I realized that it didn't feel like work. It just felt like, it felt like something that I wanted to get really good at and that I felt really connected to. Mm -hmm. And, and that was when I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try it, but I'm going to try it for real. I'm going to really pursue it. I'm not going to just, you know, 50% it. I'm going to really go for it. And, and if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But I, I just couldn't imagine myself doing anything else, you know? Mm, that's so cool. And our, we met at Carnegie Mellon. I don't remember when we first met, but I remember so many interactions. And one of the things that impressed me the most about you is when you were in college, how you truly cared about the design process. I was a designer. I was a scene designer and you were actually in the acting program. And um, it seems like you were always in the studio. You were always checking in on what we were doing. You talked our language. You knew about what was going on. And, and it just seemed like you cared. Even in our later years, as you got to being in the larger shows, you were 
sometimes in the design meetings and you were part of everything that was going on in the process. Why do you think that's so important to be a part of the whole process instead of just the part that you're involved in? Well, on, on a selfish note, I was always in there because you guys were getting to do something that I didn't get to do. So I was like, what, what are all these cool things that you guys are doing and, and, and how are you making these decisions and why are you making these decisions? Um, I, I just wanted to learn more because I wasn't able to take any of the same classes that you guys were. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an actor, it, it is so important because if you don't understand acting doesn't happen in a vacuum. You're not just embodying a character that is 2D on a black background. You know, you exist in a world and the actor isn't the person, the only person who builds that world. The designers have input in what that world is going to be. And I want to know what they're thinking. I want to know what's in their brain because that yes. does not, that only can, it can help inform me about the choices that I'm going to make. And I can't possibly think of all of the things that you might already be thinking about and and a new idea that you have will help spark something new within me yes. i mean it it is that collaboration is the only reason why i wanted to become an actor you know if i wanted to be a hermit i would have chosen a different profession <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about collaboration you know acting in theater is such a collaborative process um i remember when we would start the design process, that something would happen when we would go into the rehearsal studio and see your end and um, what you thought the piece was going to be would change instantly. And, and I just yeah. love that, that part of theater where you work together and things, you know, what, what one person thinks it will be when 15 people put their mind together, it becomes something completely different. And to me, that's the most fun part of theater. That's the fun part of entertainment. That's the fun part of art is, just being with other people and sharing that 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 process with them. Yeah, I I completely agree. And and I felt that way as an actor, you know, getting into the space cuz we're we're starting with just, you know, words on paper by ourselves in a room and then we stand on stage and and we start to see set pieces coming together. We start to we put on a piece of clothing. You know, some actors, I was one of those actors who was like if I found that one piece of clothing that really fit me it helped inform you know the way my character was going to walk or the way my character was going to breathe based on how heavy their clothing was or how you know how much it flowed or or whatever um and even now with voiceover sometimes depending on what the character is especially with like animation sometimes I'll do something really small it might just be how I tie my hair back or the type of shirt that I choose to wear when I'm in the booth because mm. that sometimes can help yes. me it can help me feel a little bit more connected to the character yeah can we talk about your voiceover work for a second yeah please it's so interesting to me the voiceover work that you do I know that acting is like we just said is such a collaborative process and you're working with other people what's the difference in working on stage where you can see the pieces coming together and doing voiceover work for an animation piece. You just finished work on um, the movie Abominable, correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. My children watched that the other night. And they oh, yay. <laughs> um, but how do you prepare yourself for the work in the booth where you're by yourself, as opposed to being able to look in the eye of the person that you're playing against? Um, what's the difference and how do you overcome that? Oh, man, it's it's hard. It's a totally different skill. And, and I love it. And I hate it, right? Like, it, it is like being a kid again, because you have to create 
the entire world, everything from how, what the air feels like to what, you know, what it's like to breathe on, on, the, on what you're standing on to what you're wearing. You have to create all of that in your mind. It's all happening in your imagination. And I love that because it allows me to just like let my imagination go. And, and mm -hmm. people laugh because when they see me in the booth, when I'm recording things, especially video games and animation, I, I'm so active. I'm moving. I'm like up and down. I'm sweating. I'm like pushing my hair out of my face. And, and it's, it's incredibly freeing in that way because I can imagine anything. I, I literally right. can imagine anything. Yeah. Um, but it can be a little bit lonely sometimes. And it can feel a little bit like I am hindered by the limitations of my own imagination. Um, but when you work with a really good team and Abominable was like this, and a lot of the video games that I've worked on have been like this, they give you things to help you, right? So they'll either uh, send you drawings that the animation team has already started to do, or they'll play music. Music is a really big thing that helps me oh, wow, with bet, voiceover. Yes. So yeah. even in commercials, which may seem like, oh, you're just, you know, selling cars or you're just selling cereal, but you're also still just like movies and television and animation and video games, you're still telling a story. If you're selling cereal, it could be the story of this mother waking up and not knowing what to feed her children and then deciding, oh, I, I have the great idea of feeding my children this and my, my day is better now, you know? And that might be the short story you're telling. Um, and if I can hear the music, that gives me a mood and a playfulness or, or if it's serious or whatever, but, but the music goes a really long way in, in helping with that. But it, the, team, the team is still there. It just is, yeah. it's a little, bit, a little bit different. Now, when you're working in theater and film, it's a little different because you can kind of see the pieces come together as you're going. Yeah. And when you, when you do voiceover, is, is there like this big party that you have when the movie's finally put together? Because I, I imagine, I'm not an actor by any stretch of the word, but I imagine <laughs> like when you're on set or when you're on stage, you can look around and kind of see the environment and see, okay, this is what this is going to be. And you kind of get an understanding of what everything is. But when you're doing voiceover work for a video game or for a movie or an animated film, what's it like when you finally get to see that final piece all come together and everything's pieced together and it's the final product? Is it, is it a pretty special thing? It, it is. It, it's like, it's kind of like your first um, fully teched dress rehearsal, you know, uh, mm -hmm. in theater, because all the pieces are now working in tandem and and all of the things that you sort of imagined how that that sound cue was going to affect or how that light shift was going to affect something that you'd kind of been imagining in your head you get to see it all come together and that's exactly the same thing with with abominable is a really good example because while i got to see the um the drawing of my character ahead of time. I got to see that and I got to see what they call animatics, which are essentially sort of like storyboard, hand-drawn um, half sketches. They don't have any backgrounds. They don't mm -hmm. have any anything. And they're, they're sort of like, uh, like stop motion pictures cut together. And that was really all I got to see. And I didn't get to work with any of the other characters in the same room at the same time. Sometimes oh, you get to, so hard, yes. but it, this in that particular, for that movie, we didn't get to. So I never, I played the mother of, of Yi and I didn't meet Yi until we watched the movie together for the first oh, time. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine. 
which is so crazy. Like you're my daughter. We've all of our scenes are together. I've scolded you. I have like asked you questions, but I have I'm not meeting you until this moment right now. And you just and like that, giving them a hug and like, hey, yeah. it's so great to meet you. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> is like I've been hearing your voice in my ear, but I haven't actually seen you in person or, or met you. Man, I can't imagine. Yeah. So that that is it is really magical and it is really exciting to see it all put together like that um, with commercials that usually happens a lot faster. And sometimes it even happens in the session that you are recording your copy and they already have the scene or the spot cut together. And so they're actually overlaying your voiceover to the already shot footage. Mm -hmm. So you get to see it all come together right away, which can be really nice because that can often um, also inform the choices that I make when I'm reading when I'm reading the spot. Yeah. And you're doing enough voiceover work now that you actually have a studio in your home. Mm -hmm. I recently saw on Instagram, you, you built it yourself. Like when <laughs> I say you are a well-rounded person, you do it all. And um, it's amazing. And so I imagine this is a, this is something you're in for, for the long haul. You're going to be doing this for a while. What did, um, how did I you make so. the transition from acting on stage, acting in film to finally doing voiceover work? It was one of those it was one of those things, voiceover was a thing that I had sort of known existed in the peripheral. I just kind of mm -hmm. had heard about it and and people, oddly enough, strangers throughout my life had said to me, you know, hey, have you ever thought about doing voiceover? You have a really interesting sounding voice. You should do voiceover. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't really know what that meant. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I graduated and moved out to Los Angeles and had a handful of serendipitous kind of um, meetings with people, a combination of an on-camera commercial agent who didn't want to sign me, but wanted to introduce me to a voiceover casting director. Yeah. And then a couple of clients of mine, I, I taught Pilates for a very long time. And a couple of my clients who were voiceover actors who um, were like, hey, uh, let me, you know, sort of help shepherd you into this. And once I started to learn what I could do and what it really entailed, that sort of allowed the opportunities to to come to come my way and got me really interested in in pursuing it seriously as opposed to just as a hobby. That's so cool. My my oldest daughter, she's into ballet and she's into acting and she's um, incredibly artistic. And she's talked about wanting to be in the creative space when she mm -hmm. gets older, which as a parent, you're like, you know, I was about I've to say, does that, that path does before, that freak you know, you like, out? a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what would you say to someone who's coming up, who's in junior high and high school, who maybe was athletic like you were, who um, works with their hands a lot, who understands every aspect of this creative space, but really is drawn towards the acting side of it and wants to make that a career. What would you tell them about the path that lies ahead for them? And what did you learn as you went through, you know, the later years of high school through college and then got into where you are now, which is, it's been 15 years since we graduated. Oh my gosh, don't say thing. that. We're getting old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, no, but it's so true. My gosh, it was so long ago. That is really crazy. Oh man, I'm telling oh. you, but what would you tell people younger students who are wanting to take this career path? What advice would you give them as they move forward? Um, I would say a couple of things. First, the path to whatever the success is going to be is going to be different for everybody. And what mm, it looks like so is going to yes. be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I thought when I was in high school that I was going to be doing Shakespeare at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. And, <laughs> yes. and like that was going to be like my big thing. And, and I would still love to do that. And Shakespeare is still a passion of mine. But I didn't, 
I didn't let that that vision of my future um, cloud the other opportunities that were put in front of me. Because when you're younger, you only know what you know. And until you're exposed to all these other things, you have no idea what your future could look like until yeah. you've been exposed to all of these things, which sort of leads me to the second thing, which is continue to be curious, whether that means poking into the design studio and being like, what are you doing? What is that? Because maybe that person who's set designing is doing something that you're like, oh, actually, I find that really interesting. I didn't know that that was a thing I could do with the rest of my life. Maybe maybe I want to try that. And it's um, surprise. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, I was please. always so shocked by how many people started in one area of theater. And by the time we graduated, they were in something completely different. I mean, there were people who started like, I want to be a costume designer and they were a sound designer, or I want to be an actor and they were a dramaturg at the end of it, you know? Yeah. And, and if you stay curious, there, there may be another piece of it that you had no clue existed. Yep. I didn't know dramaturgy was a thing until I got into college, you know? And so I just like to draw pictures and I loved storytelling. And so that's how I got into theater. But your world has opened up. And as long as you stay curious, you never know where you're going to end up. Yeah. And you, each of those pieces will help, especially if, if you continue to harbor that desire to tell good stories. Mm. Everything you learn along the way will help enhance your ability to do that, whether that is understanding, uh, you know, perspective and color and and sound design that can help enhance the way that you tell a story, even if what you're using your instrument is your voice or your instrument is your body or your instrument is your pencil. If you decide you want to become a writer, you mm -hmm. know, I, I think that understanding how all the different elements interplay with each other and how all those different elements speak to everybody else, right? Because sometimes the music of a movie is the thing that moves somebody, whereas maybe the costumes of a movie is what moves somebody else. Yeah. And to understand that each of those pieces can come together to really tell a, a deeply interesting and detailed story, you know, that that is so much more valuable than trying to be the best just you just making mm -hmm. it all internally focused because you'll never be able to tell a better story on your own than if you no. were to work collaboratively with everybody else speaking of that you are married to another creative <laughs> yes. He's a really cool guy that we met in college mm -hmm. how did you guys meet um, kind of exactly how you describe, which is like me poking my head into design studios and saying hi to my friends and being like, hey, what are you up to? He was just one of those people because he was a designer at Carnegie Mellon. Um, and and I would poke my head in there and and just be like, hey, what are you doing? And then I would start, you know, chatting up whoever it was. And and he definitely had a little bit of that same um that's he, he would say something similar to what you said about like me showing up being like, who is this actor who is just like showing up in the design studio <laughs> Always, all the yes. time? Like, why is she here all the time? <laughs> I remember um, you guys had to take a design course, I think our freshman or sophomore year. And I remember the design teachers they would always talk about the actors and the, the work that you guys were doing. And that's, uh, you probably don't even remember this design course you had to take, but I remember them coming to our class and being like that Michelle Wong, <laughs> she is so good. We have to get her in the design program. And, no. <laughs> and it was so true. You just did, you produced such great work. It was incredible. It's like, she doesn't need to be an actor. She needs to be a designer. We need to get her in here. Like, and so, <laughs> so funny. but, but your husband, he's not just kind of a designer. He is a phenomenal designer. I, yes. I mean, he is so good at his craft. And I, I am so respectful of what the work that he does. But the, the one thing I want to ask is, what's it like to be married to someone who is 
along the same path as you, but doing a different piece of the puzzle as you, do you guys ever sit down and talk about your processes or do you just kind of leave that at work and come home and talk about something else? How does that work in your house? It, it's interesting because in some ways it makes things like building this booth amazing because mm-hmm. I had this idea. I had a thing that I knew I needed. I needed it for my career. I needed it for my job. And I had ideas and I knew functionally what I needed it to do, but I didn't have all the skills to be able to design it correctly. And having someone like Dale to bounce those ideas off of and then have his expertise play into being able to actually design to to draft it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to draft, I don't know how to use any of the tools. And so being able to collaborate in that way is really, really great. Sometimes because he is so good at what he does and because I have my own process of how I want to work, we do butt heads because sometimes our way of getting to the finish line is so different. Mm, we, yeah. we have such different creative processes that sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to like throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And he wants to be a little bit more meticulous about yeah. like organizing and making every, sure that every step is the way that he wants each step to go, which is the process that works for him and is why he is so good at what he does. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can cause problems because we're both very inspired by our ideas and we both really want to fight for our our ideas Mm -hmm. and so we have learned a lot of compromise but but it can become such we oh my gosh you're gonna laugh we just designed dale designed a an insert to go into a drawer for our silverware right but it wasn't just as simple as like oh we'll just buy a divider to put in like no 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 he had to design it he wanted to design it and and the thing is is that it's incredible it is completely functional. It is completely personalized to the space that we have, to the exact type of silverware that we have. You know, it's not going to work for anybody else, but it means that it's going to take time. There is a process. It's not just jump on Amazon and buy a thing. It's like, no, no, we're going to like start at square one and it's going to be like a two week long process before we Megan's like, hey, you stop drawing. I'm just going to hop on Amazon and we'll have it here in two days, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And those are the compromises that we have to make sometimes. It's like, I know we want to build everything ourselves, but we don't have that kind of time absolutely absolutely that's how it is in our house it's like i know that you could do this but we have three kids and there's other things you could be doing as well so yep absolutely what's the most exciting thing you have coming down the road that's tough because there are there are two there are two big things that i'm very excited about both of which i can't talk about oh i knew it (laughs) that that is really really a bummer one of them will be hopefully something that you and your and your kids can enjoy. Um, and then another one is, uh, there is a really fun video game coming out that I have been working on. Um, the I'll, I'll be able to announce it soon. Um, maybe by the time this airs, I'll be able to announce it. But um, as with a lot of the video games, a lot of things got delayed due to the pandemic, due to mm-hmm. production and yeah. and all sorts of things. So there, there are a few big projects that I've been working on for a number of years that um, I was hoping to be able to talk about, but still just keep getting pushed a little bit and pushed mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, they're, but they've been very, very fun and they've been keeping me very busy. That's so cool. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. No, thank you. And and um, I, it's been fun seeing your family grow over the years. Oh, and crazy. just seems like you're having so much fun. We are. We're having a blast. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Bedtime's hard. I mean, yeah. 
There are times when you want to pull your hair out, but for the most part, <laughs> children are the best thing in the world. So that's incredible. Well, I hope we get to catch up again. And, and definitely, if you're out in LA, please, please reach out. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to grab coffee or something. That'll be so much fun. Yeah, I would love that. Right. I hope that conversation was as helpful for you as it was for me. Michelle's curiosity about other parts of the creative process has driven me to ask more questions myself. If you'd like to know more about Michelle's work, you can find her online at michellewong.com or follow her Instagram at notmichellewong. If you enjoyed this week's episode, could you please leave a comment and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast? It helps me get this content into the hands of other people who may enjoy it. Thank you again for joining me this week, and I look forward to being with you next week on Undercover Influencer.